no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the 40-yard switch. This is episode 59. As always, my name is Jasper. Alongside me is Wilbur. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered using nicknames this week. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, going well. It's home. It, it is home. Yeah, first cab off the rank before we discuss anything else. Uh, it's coming home. It came home. It is home. Uh, England... England's Lionesses have won the 2022 Women's Euros. What an incredible achievement. Yeah, I mean, we saw it coming. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Call us visionaries. <laughs> From the preview episode, we called it. Yeah, no, but yeah, they, they, they had a good tournament. Um, I think it, it definitely has to be said that um, we were helped a little bit by the fact that uh, Pop didn't play. Absolutely. And I still don't actually know the reason why she didn't play. Do you know why? No. Some sort of she injury. She was on the bench. Some right? sort of injury. That's all I know. Yeah. I still, it's, like, I think it, I think it was kept pretty, like, like commentators that we were, when we were watching didn't know either. So. Yeah, they didn't know at the, at the time, hey. Mm. But yeah, um, definitely a massive out for Germany. Still a very good team without her, but yeah, it, it was equal top score with Beth Mead. Um, and just the way she willed her team to win against France was just incredible. Yeah. Wet pop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, sorry. It, it just says here, um, warm up, warm up injury. So. Oh, that's gotta be shattering. Yeah. Especially for someone who missed, who's missed like mm. seven major tournaments or something through injury. And it's, yeah, literally so good. Um, it's pretty disappointing, but it's good for us. Yes, very good for us. And um, a dicey game, as we probably said it was go- it, it, it was going to be. Um, I'd like also like to say my prediction of how the game was going to unfold was exactly right. How was it? We would score first, they would equalise, we would win an extra time. Oh, really? Yeah. Very nicely done. Um, obviously not, not a lot more nervy than I hoped it was going to be. Um, yeah, the second half of extra time, Chloe Kelly, the hero. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I think... Um, Obviously, again, when um, when Toon and Russo came on, changed the game again. Ella Toon's goal, the opener, was like ridiculous. Yeah. Was that Leah Williamson ball as well? No, it was Kira Walsh. Yeah, Walsh. That's right. That's right. But yeah, that finish is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Such a good goal. Um, and then Germany's equalizer was also very well worked. And then... Colby Kelly just won a little more. Yeah, it's the type of goal that will win you a final. Just scramble in the box, someone get a boot to it first, and she did. Yeah. And yeah, some iconic photos of uh, her celebration. Yeah. Which was apparently inspired by... The American Bo- player? No, Bobby Zamora's oh, yeah, celebration. Yeah, 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 she's yeah. a QPR fan. Yeah, I did see that too, yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah. yeah un- unlikely that. sorts of inspiration, but I, do, I rate it. Yeah, we love it. Um, yeah, I think that... On the balance of play, you, you could like over the across the whole tournament, you could have argued that either team was deserving to win the whole thing. Um, so I think whatever the outcome was, even if it went to penalties, like I don't think anyone could be too mad. Like no one like was robbed or got away with it. It was just a 
I guess helped by the injury to Germany's best player, but England easily one of the top two teams in the tournament, if not the best team in the tournament. Um, interestingly, I think four players from both countries in the team of the tournament. Right. Okay. Yeah, England had Mary Earps, Leah Williamson, uh, Kira Walsh, and Beth Mead in the team. Germany had uh, Hegering, the centre back. Oh yeah. Um, o- o- the young player Oberdorf. Pop and the right back whose name I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oberdorf was very, very good. I, I, I mainly saw her play to, to be honest in the um in the final. Um. But yeah, she was very good. And another big highlight of the final was uh, Jill Scott absolutely yeah. losing it at her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, uh, you, that was like you don't need to be a, a lip sync genius to know what she was saying. No. <laughs> It was not happy, but yeah, it was yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely not surprising that they sort of dominate the team, uh, the team of the tournament. Like you say, they um, yeah, they had very similar trajectories in terms of their dominance throughout the tournament. Um, yeah, both deserve to win. Actually, sorry, Germany had a fifth player, uh, Cara Bull. Yeah, true, wing. true. She was also in there. The Bull, the Bull. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, also another thing I'd like to say is just that. Obviously, it's 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 this should be the norm. It shouldn't necessarily be talked about. But I've um I've I really love to see that there was I don't I saw barely any negative comments towards the women and in fact an outpouring of male support for the women's team online, um not just from English people from everyone and I think it's just great like world uh, record breaking attendance numbers at the Euros um the highest uh, uh attendance uh at the the finals US, twice it, yeah the US finals twice uh, like 17 million watching on BBC an extra 6 million watching on BBC iPlayer uh, and then after the win just thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of comments just pouring out of support being like what an amazing achievement uh, and I just yeah I just think it's a really wonderful moment for not only women's football but also English women's football as well yeah and football. And football. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and you see those things, it's not women's football, it's football. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's just, just, an, achieve, just, just, just an incredibly positive moment that yeah. is really good to see. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, exactly. It, it is a big moment for football, especially in the context of, you know, all the discriminatory things happening in the men's game and often on on um, social media, on women's football's posters, often, you know, oh, I'm not a fan of women's football, but it's just... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. It, w- it was definitely good to see, and yeah, a great moment for England. Yeah, um, but sadly, we can't actually spend too much time on uh, the, the women's uh, the, the reflecting over the women's Euros as we've as the Premier League season is three day three days away, or two days away, three days away. I think it's two days away. Saturday morning for us, so yeah. two and a half, give or take, days away. Yeah. So we've got to get straight into that uh, and. So we've got some Premier League predictions before the season kicks off uh, coming up. But before we get into that, there's been another massive week of transfers that we have to dissect and get into. Uh, kicking us off with, um, I think it was a Wilby's whisper last week, but Jules Kunde to Barcelona has been confirmed. Signed, sealed, delivered, and pictures at the Camp Nou. Yeah. Just, again, we're sounding like broken records here, but again, I don't know which couch they Bas found the money under this time, but... Yeah. Also, it's another one that... Um... Barca have hijacked Chelsea on, so that's 
I think they were linked with Dembele, yeah. Rafinha, um, and now Jules Conde. Yeah. And apparently, as Pilicoto is still potentially wants to could, go. Excuse me. Could go there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking that. Um, actually, I was going to get onto it later, but I'll talk about it now. Interesting that you mentioned as Pilicoto still might go because uh, Fabrizio just tweeted today that Chelsea are uh, all of a sudden uh, looking at right back options. Uh, with Carl Walker-Peters and Denzel Dumfries at the top of their list. True. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not super surprised that as as P wants to go to play in Spain with, no. with Barcelona. To be honest with you, um, yeah. I mean, we we, we spoke about all, all the issues that Chelsea had last season with, with the change of owners. They've kind of struggled to bring players in. Um, and players have been leaving. Barca seems like a pretty attractive place. Um, team to be in at the moment and obviously he's coming to the end of his career and he's a Spanish player so yeah I, w- I wouldn't be surprised but I, I think Chelsea could struggle a bit this season yeah. I, I, I agree yeah, like they've brought in Sterling and an American keeper and like yes they may bring in uh, some fullbacks one we'll touch on shortly um, but yeah uh, they've 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 already lost uh, two of their best centre-backs they're potentially losing Azpilicueta they haven't really brought in any attacking or midfield options, but there's some rumours they might, but still yet to. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree they're not gonna. It's not looking too good for Chelsea, Chelsea at the moment. But, yeah. but uh, Chelsea uh, in the past week have been trying to hijack the Cucurella deal to City. City refused to spend to offer more than forty million for him. Chelsea have gone okay. We'll offer fifty. Uh, apparently the, uh, the the latest is that deal is on the table for Brighton and they're waiting to, for a response okay right um, for Brighton I, I feel like you'd be dumb to not take that um, yeah do you... I think it's an overpay yeah but I do think he's I do think he's underrated by some I think he's I think he's a very solid player I do think 50 million is an overpay though. I would I thought I would have thought 30 to 35 was a, was a good deal for both parties 40 at a stretch maybe but 50 is an overpay hmm I wonder whether Brighton sort of knew of Chelsea's interest when they when they were, didn't accept forty sort of thing, but yeah, mm, yeah, because who knows what goes on behind the scenes, hey? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I I think forty is more more than enough for him. But when you've got two big clubs bidding, then yeah, yeah, and you've got the perfect it's the, it's the perfect storm for Brighton. Like City's interested, and then Chelsea's interested, and then it's their player of the season who only signed for them last season so he's got three years left on his contract at least yeah so like you've got all the bargaining chips in the world to be like hey cough up this much yeah similar to how they asked us to cough up 50 million for Ben White last year mm. yeah um, next Chelsea in the uh, in I think either today or yesterday uh, it was re- it was reported that they are now trying to hijack the Frankie de Jong deal to United oh really yeah Sky Sports have reported it uh, and Gary Neville apparently tweeted out something in response to the Sky Sports tweet saying uh, when I was in Miami watching the Barcelona versus into Miami game I heard from someone that Chelsea were interested or something it's a bit of he said he said but it was just sort of like agreeing that he's heard similar stuff from the Barcelona surely he wouldn't mug Ten Hag off like that do you think? I mean at the end of the day he's a pundit but no De Jong, I mean. Oh, De Jong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's Chelsea's London, Chelsea's Champions League. I don't know. 
It's like, know. what do you value more? I would hate to see that. Like, yeah, really hate to see that. So yeah, that that that'll be a very interesting one to watch uh, as as the as the first couple of weeks of the season progress because this is not going to get done any by at least round probably even by round two. What's what's the What's their priority if they're going to make one more signing? Chelsea. Yeah. It's got to be a centre-back for right me. Right-sided centre-back. Right-sided centre-back for me. Because, hmm. like, like, another another thing, I'm, I'm, I, I, I've, got them, I've got them not in order here, but I'm, I, but I'm just going to keep... This is the last Chelsea one. Uh, Malang Saar is signing for Monaco for a rumoured 12 million euros. Yeah, I saw that one, yeah. So... That yeah, was, they lost another centre-back. Yeah, so they've got Thiago Silva and... Koulibaly. And Koulibaly. And uh, Chalabar. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, centre-back is pressing for me. Then probably maybe right-back cover if Aspilicueta leaves. And yeah. then and then centre-mid. Because they've got three very good centre-mid fielders. Yeah. I think it would be... Yeah. Just a bit weird for, for them to go to for De Jong, to be honest. Yeah. I also don't think... I'm not sure how much like, De Jong works... In a in a in a midfield two, like yeah, he, he plays in a midfield three for Barca, played in a midfield three for um, Ajax. Like I don't know, especially with Conte Conte getting on in age, like he can't do the same level of defensive covering all over the place like he used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I think it would be strange. It it sounds like yeah, it doesn't seem to make that much sense. It sounds like it could potentially just like a. A rumor sort of thing because mm. it's because it's you know Chelsea hijacking a Man United deal, but yeah. I also just do think Chelsea. I think the American owners of Chelsea are reeling a bit after having what three different players stolen from them by Barcelona. So like, we need to sign some players. Yeah. So they maybe make some hasty decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, and and it is very interesting in the context of you know the first um, transfer window since Abramovich has left. They really are struggling quite a lot. Whereas yeah. in the past, it just seemed so seamless for Chelsea. Yeah, like they wrapped up the Habits and Werner deals like before anyone else really got going. Yeah, what, a season or two seasons ago, or was it? A, yeah, whenever that was. Yeah. Do, do you think it's seen as less of a destination with the new owners, or is it just the fact that? I think so. Yeah, I think like it's. It's. It, I don't. I'm not sure if it's like less of a how good is this team. It's just. It's just more a question of uncertainty. Like, yeah. with, with with Romans Chelsea, you knew what you were getting. Yeah. With Bolius Chelsea, it's like they're a good team still. Obviously, Champions League quality made the semi-finals last year, third in the Premier League. But like, what's what's the what's the project moving forward? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. What that All is. right. So. Uh, I know you've got quite a few Wilby's Whispers, so before we get onto them, let me just speed through the last few of ones that I've got. Um, unless you've got any that aren't Wilby's Whispers. Um, Do you want me to just keep going? Yeah, you, 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 yeah, you go. You go. Okay. <laughs> I'll just uh, add anything that I have yeah. to Wilby's Whispers. Uh, next, we've got Leno to Fulham. Yeah. Uh, great signing for Fulham. Bit of a shit deal for Arsenal, but like we spoke about off air this morning, um, kind of at our hands tied with that one. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Fulham get a keeper that, in my opinion, is way too good to be playing for Fulham. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, like we were speaking, talking about this morning, like you got a bad deal for him in essentially a two million pound, and then maybe some add-ons. Yeah, if Fulham stay up for three years or something. Yeah, but like, yeah, he because you because the club essentially displaced a, like a, a like 
not a world class keeper, but like a, a class Borderline, keeper. Yeah, yeah, he is close. He is close for sure. But um, because you displaced him and he should be playing first team football. Um, uh, yeah, I think you're, yeah, yeah like that, you said, hands tied. That and coupled with the fact that he didn't want to leave London, um, yeah, really didn't give us much of an option. Uh, speaking of what Wilbur just alluded to before, the deal is, at two, is I think, 3 million plus 1 million in add-ons uh, based on Premier League appearances, plus an extra 2 million if they stay up once, plus an extra 2 million if they stay up twice. So, yeah, you can... <laughs> it's a bit, of a bit of a raw one. But anyway, hey, I just, I just think it makes Fulham, who are already, I think, looking like a sneakily good team this year and um, we'll get on to my thoughts about Fulham later uh, um, but yeah it's another great signing interesting <laughs> uh, then uh, in a very confusing deal uh, Leicester are set to sell Schmeichel to OGC Nice I don't understand this this is like they haven't signed a single player all season and now they're now they're selling their captain yeah I've never heard of who their you know second keeper is either yeah um, it just seems like they've completely lost the plot yeah and it looks like Newcastle are after James Madison as well yeah and um, like to be honest Newcastle Leicester not accepting 50 million for James Madison is a bit ludicrous for me because he's not worth that much yeah <laughs> I think it's just like they can't lose him yeah and if the rumours are true that Arsenal will eventually make some sort of bid for Tielemans then that's two of their best two of their top three midfielders gone yeah but yeah I I, I I think it's confusing that they've done so little in the transfer market um, and getting rid of Schmeichel, I think, is just absolutely stupid. Yeah. Like, like uh, he is an incredible keeper. He's th- um, he's 34. Like he's, he's not like he's like massively old as far as keepers go. Like, no. Anyway. Uh, then moving on to Arsenal are potentially finally getting rid of Torreira uh, with a rumoured deal for around 67 million euros to sell him to Galatasaray. Apparently the deal is on the table and Arsenal uh, uh, will accept whatever money it is, but the personal terms of what people are waiting on for Torreira. And seeing as he has uh, cocked things up, for lack of a better phrase, uh, in the past with personal terms when, when we've uh, had agreements in principle with other clubs, uh, the general sort of feeling around Arsenal fans is this one's far from done yet. Yeah. But yeah, I really want him gone. So, <laughs> um, yeah. It's a weird one to real. I thought, yeah, I thought he was decent. But... He was. And then, but then, I don't know, him and Arteta didn't seem to uh, see eye to eye, like uh, tactically anyway. Um, and then he's just, he's not been the most professional in the past two seasons um, off the pitch. So, I think that's unprofessional enough. If you you agree, ta- you disagree tactically with the manager. It's like yeah. you're not the manager. Yeah. You just yeah, anyway. Uh, and my final thing I want to talk about is, which is I've only just seen today, is uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum is rumored or not rumored is looking like he will be signing for AS Roma in the coming days. Yeah, that that's an interesting one, isn't it? I, yeah. I thought yeah, I thought there was kind of talk of him going back to Newcastle. Maybe that was, was a while ago. But yeah, very interesting one. Roma are making some quietly astute signings this season, mm. I mean, this offseason. Dybala, uh, him, like, uh, I don't mind it. Wijnaldum's an interesting one. Like, I'm, I'm sure he'll do very well very, um, in, in Italy, in the Serie A. But yeah, I mean, it, uh, it would be a big wage bill for Roma. Yeah. And yeah, they have made some good signings, though. Let's see how it works out. But, and I yeah. think we are, when Wijnaldum wasn't very... I don't know if he played much for PSG. Well, yeah, apparently PSG want him splash. and... Yeah, sorry, what? 
Didn't make much of a splash. No, he didn't. Uh, but apparently PSG want him and another midfielder that I feel like you may mention uh, out the door this week, like by the end of this week. So maybe they're clearing space to sign some other players. But anyway, that's all from me. Time for Wilby's Whispers. Wilby's Whispers. Wilby's Whispers. Welcome back to Wilby's Whispers. <laughs> um, Adamo Lookman to Atlanta is the first one. Ah. So he was he was with Leicester again on last lo- on last loan, year right? on loan from RB Leipzig. Yeah. And is now I think going on loan to Atlanta. Um, that one's not really a whisper. I think that's done. But yeah. Yeah, that's a good signing. It's decent. It's decent. Um, Tejas to Sevilla loan uh, deal. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he never really worked. He's never really been a good enough defender for the Premier League, so yeah. I feel like it's probably f- it was a matter of time before he went back to a different league. Yeah, but now they've got what's what's the guy they the guy from Feyenoord, Malassia, oh. Malassia, and Luke Shaw now. Yeah, so yeah, he's definitely third choice out of those three. So yeah, true. Um, the player that I think PSG are making room for. Is Renato Sanchez? Oh yeah, I like. I I don't, not, I don't like PSG getting better, but I like that signing because I think he's a very good player. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that's definitely a good one. What's the fee? Have you heard? No, no fee. No, okay. I don't know. I feel like yeah, it's it's close. I don't think it's a done deal yet, so that's why okay. the, the fee is. But yeah, I feel like any anywhere up to like thirty or forty million was probably pretty good for him because he's he's quality. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what else have we got? A few that you already said. Actually, another Chelsea one, Chukwamenka. Yeah, I saw that today. I don't know who he is, but some Aston Villa guy. Right? Yeah, he's eighteen-year-old Aston Villa midfielder, Carney Chukwamenka. Must be the next wonder kid. <laughs> so that's, I suppose, some. I wonder if he's going to spend midfield the next... depth, or maybe he'll go out on loan. Chelsea yeah, seems saying... to do that quite a lot. I wonder if he's going to be. You know, one of at Vitesse or something for the next three years, like Chelsea do with all their young talents. Back to Aston Villa on loan, maybe. Yeah. Um, the first of uh, two interesting ones. Uh, this one's not a. This one's not a whisper. Gay is apparently already in in Merseyside, so Idrissa Gana Gay back to Everton. Yeah, which is amazing, fantastic move. Yeah. The fans all love him. Um, and yeah, I, I think that'd be a great one. I mean, yeah, he he was. Arguably your best player of the season before he left. Yeah. He'd probably come back and be thereabouts. Probably not the best player, but up there. I think as well, if we were speaking about before, whether we play three at the back, he could definitely work in a midfield too. He's got the sort of tank for it. And yeah, I, I think he's pretty much adaptable to everything that we want to do. Yeah. Sound defensively and, and good with the ball as well. Um, I'm not sure where this one's at, but Michi Batshuayi... Um, from Chelsea to Everton is apparently sort of if that's if that's like you said earlier today off air if that's a permanent deal I like it a lot if it's a, if it's a loan I'm a bit meh on it but if it's a permanent deal I like it a lot wait why <laughs> I just feel like like getting I feel like kind of similar with like Van der Beek or um was so I can't forget who else. There was another player you got, you had on loan. I feel like um, El Ghazi. El Ghazi, like the, you gotta, I feel like, especially in the position Everton are now, where they need to be pushing away from a relegation zone, having players who may or may not be fully committed to the project for the next one, two, three years is a little bit 
not in the interest of the club. I feel like you need to get people on side, get people committed and be like, this is going to be tough short term, but good long term. And I, I, I'd rather see permanent deals, especially, and also I think it's better to lock down a player like that long term than have, potentially have him do really well for a season and then he's gone next season and then you suffer for that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, also just means you can, you can, you can look to build long term with it, like with the with the eye of having with the the view of having him in the team past one season yeah the, the, the only worry that i have with it is that i think potentially it's like a, a last ditch effort to get some sort of other option that's not someone in the mold of dom and uh solomon rondon yeah and so whether you want to lock us into lock ourselves into that with a permanent deal yeah but yeah i don't know it's it's an interesting one and i suppose the other thing is that he's gone on loans so many different places yeah and most recently went to turkey on loan after being at crystal palace before that so it's kind of not the really biggest worked like out exclamation mark yeah. yeah but then he's also been really good at places like dortmund as well so yeah true so yeah it, it, it's it, it's hit or miss for sure but yeah, that's why, and we've made so many permanent deals that haven't turned have out. Been yeah, miss, have been misses. I actually hadn't thought about that, to be honest. Yeah, you make a good point. Anyway, okay. we'll see how that unfolds, but potentially good. The last one, big whisper, mm-hmm. uh, Mikkel Damsgaard to Brentford. Oh, I did see as that. Ericsson replacement. I did see that. That's a sick deal if they get him. He's yeah. a fucking gun excuse my French <laughs> I think he's good he's, he, was, he played 11 matches only last season oh, so really? obviously he had that amazing Euros campaign with Denmark and then was he injured maybe it was apparently an illness oh so that is so, a bit of a question mark yeah but hey but if, Brent, if, 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 if Brentford have already done shown that they can uh, take players who uh, you know had <laughs> that was in the had problems <laughs> and bring them back <laughs> that was actually in the article I was reading about it no medical team on point. It <laughs> worked miracles. But yeah, if he if he can be as good as like you know three quarters of as good as how he as good as he was, oh, I botched that. But uh, close to as good as he was in the Euros, that's a fantastic signing. Yeah, I still remember that free kick against England. Oh was, yeah, uh, unreal, special. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, a, quite a bumper transfer roundup. And yeah, it'll be exciting to see what deals are finalised before we kick off in two and a half days' time and what deals will uh, be finalised over the rest of the month of August. Um, But the time has come. (laughs) Nearly 27 minutes into the episode, we have got the 40-yard switch Premier League predictions. So we've we've changed things up a little bit from last season. I don't actually fully remember what we did last season, but it wasn't this. We've pretty much copied the Monday Night Football format, except we've added one category at the end, which you'll see. So basically, what we're going to go through is champions, top four, over, a team we think is going to underachieve, a team we think is going to overachieve, who we think is going to be top goal scorer, who we think is going to be um, the young player of the season. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, and who we think is one play- is a player to watch. Doesn't it? Could be a young player, could be a player coming back from injury, could be a player who's going to have a breakout season. And then we're gonna, that category we've added is the three teams we think we're going to get relegated. So, who's kicking these things off with the champions? With the champions, I'll I'll kick it off with champions. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> so I've got I've got Liverpool down. It's yeah. <laughs> I just think. Um, 
Yeah, they, they came so close last year. I think all, all the signings they've made since Klopp have just been so astute that I, I really think that Darwin Nunez is, is, is going to kick on and have a really good season. Um, and on the other side, I mean, City have not had a bad... Um, have not had a bad um, transfer window at all, but I don't know. They have lost. It's some, it's, it's a very key diff- depth. They've yeah. they've they've lost. Yeah, key depth, and I, I suppose it will be a little bit different playing with because they played with with essentially no striker for most of last season, and that will be different. I don't know. I, I, I just think that, that Liverpool can be better. For everything that you said, I agree. The only, only other thing I would add is it's incredibly hard to win a do with repeat. There's got to be some sort of championship fatigue that like, like, you know, works, your, works your way into the squad at some point. And I think this is finally where it catches up to City. Yeah. It's good. It's got, like, going back to back to back has happened once in the Premier League era, United. And like, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, if any team's going to do it, it's going to be that City team. But I, like, I don't think when United went back to back to back, they had as stern of a challenger in what that Liverpool team is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I agree. I think Liverpool, for all the reasons you suggested, uh, are going to. It's going to be close again, but I think they'll have just just a tiny bit of an edge. Yeah. Also, I think yeah, Diaz is going to be even better this year um, without having to rotate in and out with Mane. Um, Harvey Elliott's back. Jota just signed a new deal. Yeah. Yeah, they've got all the... They've got it all going on. Yeah. Especially if Thiago's as good as he was in the second half of last season for all of this season. True. Yeah. True. He was close. All right. Uh, top four. I'll go next. Uh, top four. I've got Liverpool, City, Spurs, Arsenal. <laughs> what have you got? <laughs> Looking at it now. <clears throat> I've got Liverpool... City, Arsenal, and I've put Man United in there. <laughs> hey, he's, he's brave. He's got to Hear back, he's got, he's got to back the boys. I think, I suppose we'll get onto it later, but I don't think, I've, I've got doubts about, I've got doubts about Tottenham. Okay. Lots of new players in. Um, they're going to have really tough Champions League fixtures and then um, probably Europa fixtures. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I I don't know. I think United don't have... Wait, do they have any European football to worry about? Europe, Europa League. They don't have Europa League. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I've just, I've, I'm just i just optimistic about Ten Hag, I suppose. But yeah, that's just... It's it's a bit of a call. No, I mean... I, it's if, a call. If it comes, off, call. If it comes <laughs> off, you look sick. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that for once, Spurs have a manager who isn't going to bottle it. And for that reason, and also I, I generally, when, when Conte signs players to teams he's managed in the past, they most of the time work out. Um, and yeah, I, I have questions about some of his signings. I don't think Langley is good. Um, and uh, I also like, like Basuma is good, but you know, can he take the next step? I think probably, but you never know. Also Perisic, Bit of a weird one for me. Apparently, he's going to be like... He's good depth. Apparently, people are saying he's going to be like starting as like a wing back in the three at the back wing back system. I, I don't know about that. But then you look at Richarlison, incredible deal. They've still got Kulisevsky, incredible. Um, if Basuma is as good as he was last season next to Hoiberg, he's... And they've got Benton Kerr as well. That's all of a sudden three very good midfield... Uh, two very good midfielders to go next to Hoiberg. Um, 
the back three seems to work well to sort of cover for the, each of the deficiencies that the Tottenham defenders have. Uh, Romero uh, seems to be going from strength to strength. Um, yeah, I just think... But mainly it's Conte. Mainly I think that for once they just have a manager who doesn't shit the bed. But I could be wrong. Spurs have a history of shitting the bed. So yeah. is the culture of the club too much for the manager? We'll have to wait and see. But for now, I'm predicting that it won't be. Yeah. Right, interesting. And then Arsenal, because I think, yeah, I think this is, I think like the, the, like the vibes of the vibes. Spurs got Arsenal third, right? I've got Arsenal fourth. Okay, right. Spurs third. Spurs this is that, I, I wanted to give Arsenal third because the vibes are immaculate around the club right now. But uh, I've been burned before. So I'm going to. Yeah. But I do think, I do think this is the season we make. We, we, we get back into the top four. Like I think the storm is brewing and we've made the signings and it's, it's coming. I'm confident, yeah. quietly. Yeah, I, 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 I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, overachievers? Yeah. I've got Nottingham Forest. Ooh. So I think, like, the achievement would be staying up. I, I think they'll do better. I think they'll be up around mid-table. I think they're going to be that team this year that comes up from the the championship and really impresses, like Sheffield have done, like Brentford have done, um, that they'll do well in their first season. For me, I like that. I, uh, for me, I've got Fulham to be to do exactly what you just said. Oh, really? Yeah, I think this is the this is the season they stop the yo-yo swing. Uh, I think if Mitrovic, like, like I, I think I don't if, but I do think this is the season that Mitrovic is going to stay healthy for the whole season. Uh, I think that like the Leno signing is incredible. Uh, Marco Silva is a great coach, um, and yeah, I think. Uh, I just got it like this is, yeah, I feel like there's a different vibe around them this time and they're going to they're going to kick on obviously like you said survival will be the achievement I see them finishing a bit higher than that interestingly I also don't think Nottingham Forest are going to get relegated either Yeah, I think they're both going to do alright but um, yeah Fulham for me are the overachievers underachievers uh, I've got Leicester Leicester yeah. yeah I mean they're a team that is predicted almost every season to finish top half a couple of seasons ago you would say they would finish, finish top 7 top 6 where do you see them finishing? They'll be like close to relegation. Yeah, like sixteenth, seventeenth, thereabouts. Yeah. Like I also, if things don't improve by Christmas, I can see Rogers' job being on the line. Uh, I don't I know. Rogers will be sacked this yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, yeah, I, I'm a bit tentative with the with 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 the sacking, but it's a definite possibility for sure. Yeah. So yeah. Tottenham. Tottenham. <laughs> oh. I suppose because I, I love because, because I think Tottenham, an achievement, like where they should be achieving is top four. Yeah. Given everything that's happened, I don't think they're going to make top four. So that's why yeah, no. they're my underachiever. Hey, I love to hear it. <laughs> love to hear it. Uh, all right. Take it away for top goal scorer. No, I just went first for underachiever. Oh, you went oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Wait, did I? Yeah, I went, I went first. I said Leicester. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> and this really just happened. Okay. Um, top goal scorer, I've got Mo Salah. <laughs> again? Yeah, Mo Salah again. I think... I mean, obviously, you know, the the normal ones to pick are Dar- Darwin Nunez or, or Erling Haaland. I think even though they're both coming into very strong teams, I think it, it still could be difficult for them to get off the mark really, really well in their first season. They're also both quite young, um, playing in the hardest league in the world, coming from um, leagues that aren't as hard. Um, and yeah, I just can see Salah being 
very, very good in a very, very good Liverpool team again this season. Yeah, I don't I see mean, any reason why he wouldn't be the top goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, his consistency over the last four years and his durability to not get injured is just unmatched. Like, yeah. he, like he has, he's had no drop-off in form yeah. for four years. So I I I I I completely agree. That's that's a that's a that's a good call. It's not what I've called, but I I can hundred percent see that happening. Uh, the only reason I haven't call? called it is because I feel like potentially there will be a few too many goal scorers to take one or two goals off Salah this year. To potentially mean he'll get a few less. Doesn't I don't reckon he's going to be any less influential. Just potentially less goals. Okay. Um. So the guy I've got. He plays in a team where he is playing in a team that has been crying out for someone like him for a while now. He's going to be the focal point of the attack. Gabriel Jesus. Is oh, winning. I thought you were going to say Erling Haaland. Nah, Gabriel <laughs> Jesus is, and maybe a little bit of Arsenal bias, but Gabriel Jesus is in a position that has been crying out for someone to fill it for the last two years with Lacazette there. Aubameyang never really filled it as a striker. He was a left sort of inside forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, he, and he just looks electric. I know it's only preseason, but like he, the way he presses, the way he moves with the ball, the way he moves off the ball, he's going to get so much service. Um, we've been, yeah, he, I think I feel like he's the striker we've been crying out for, and I would, and also I feel like he's got a point to prove as well. Like I can do this as a number nine at the top level, and yeah, I can see him scoring twenty plus goals this season. I rate it. I rate it. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see see that happening. Um, yeah, I I I really hope that he does do well. Oh, me too. At Arsenal, I mean, obviously, me too. But yeah. <laughs> um, young player. All right, so I've got William Saliba. William Again, Saliba. another Arsenal pick. I know to win young player of the season. Yeah, I think he's going to nail down that centre back starting spot uh, next to Gabriel, and I think he's going to be a big big reason why we get top four this season. Um, and I know it's probably not common for a defender win, to win young player of the year, but he's 21. Like he's so young. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think he's gonna be. I just think he. I. He, I just think he's gonna be like he. He looks. He looks as imperious in terms of like figure, like Van Dyke does. Yeah. I'm not saying he's gonna be like Van Dyke. Don't don't. Let's not get hasty, anyone. <laughs> but he gives a similar vibe of like, I like this huge guy who's so good with his feet and just just bosses people around and yeah at 21 I just think he looks like a phenomenal phenomenal talent and I think he could win it it's a big call yeah but I don't mind it I don't mind it at all equally big uh, Anthony Gordon oh shit <laughs> I, rec- I reckon he, he, he could be seriously good this season playing with a lot more freedom um, than he did last season and even last season when he was under so much pressure as like the best one of the best players in that Everton team who could could have been relegated um yeah i think he's going to have a great season yeah also There's probably a bit of everton bias p- in there as potential, well potentially a case for Dwight McNeil to win it as well true how old is he 20, 22 22 i think gordon will be yeah, yeah i better. think gordon will be really really good i think season. gordon's gone from has gotten slightly better every season as well so it would make sense for him to go and kick on again yeah I just think, yeah, he's just got a good, he's got a good feeling about that, that blonde hair, mate. It's gonna be hitting different. So one to watch. I, I I suppose my criteria for picking this one is maybe someone who doesn't have much of a profile now, but will have a bigger profile by the end of the season. Uh huh. So I've gone with <laughs> Nathan Patterson. <laughs> 
Another Everton. Another player. Everton. Player. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. But I, I, I just think that yeah, I think Seamus Coleman will, will be playing a lot less this season. Um, Nathan Patterson's looked good in preseason. That's my thinking. Nice. Um, I've got a player coming back from injury who was looking very good at the back end of the season before last and then suffered an injury that kept him out until maybe the last five games of last season. Pedro Neto from Wolves. Pedro Neto. I think he was electric and like super good, amazingly quick, really good dribbler. Um, Finishing needed a little work, but he still got into enough positions enough times in games to score. And yeah, he came back towards the end of last season, didn't... I wasn't quite back to his best, but like showed flashes. And I think full full off season, full preseason under his belt, we could well see the player that we saw in season uh, 2021. Uh, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he is close to Wolves' best player this season. Good call. Can I add a Patterson slash Elliot? <laughs> oh, Harvey Elliot from Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I reckon that's a good shot. I, just because just you mentioned the sort of injuries keeping him out. I think Harvey Elliott was killing it before he got that ankle break was, last yeah. season and hopefully he gets a good run at it. All right. This next next one's interesting. Who's going first? Did I just go I'm first? I'm going first. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Relegated. I have Bournemouth to come last. I have Southampton. Really? Yeah. Okay. I have Southampton and Leeds. Southampton and Leeds. I've got Fulham last. <laughs> <laughs> you really beat your tongue when I said they were going to be the overachiever. I think... I don't know. I think Marco Silva's an alright coach, but um, definitely def- defensive frailties when he was at Everton. Mm-hmm. And that is... Um, I think the one thing you need... The one thing you see in, in the teams that come up from the championship who do well in their first season is like defensively just so solid. And and they capitalise on, on the few chances they do have in games. I don't I don't think Fulham will have that, but I suppose the case is helped a little bit by by Leno. But yeah, I think they're gonna come last. Fair enough. Second last Leeds. Yeah, they've lost linchpins and in Calvin Phillips and um, the other guy Rafinha. And Jack Harrison's out for this. Oh no, sorry, Stuart uh, Dallas is out for the season. Yeah, with the ACL. They've lost a great manager, which was basically this like the the heartbeat of the whole team um, and they've brought in Americans who cares <laughs> <laughs> from God knows where anyway not good signings and they're going to definitely going to go down yeah and Brentford I reckon they're going to have mm. a I reckon they're going to have a a second season slump they was I think they were on the way down and we spoke about it in the last season they were on the way down before Ericsson came in I think if they I think Damsgaard may help them, but I think there's just way too much of a injury slash illness cloud over him mm. um, that he would be able to fill the shoes, uh, fill Ericsson's shoes. Interesting. Also, I, I don't like Thomas Frank that much. Is that because that one time he popped off about United? Just that one thing? It is. It is. <laughs> Fair enough. Too big for his boots. Um, no, I just, yeah, that's definitely playing into it. But yeah, I think they will have a second season slump as well. No, that's fair. Uh, for me, Bournemouth uh, haven't, I've barely heard of anyone that they've signed since they've come into the Premier League. Uh, they don't have a very good team to begin with. Um, they give me mad Norwich vibes of last season, like a team that was like played nice stuff in the Championship, but as soon as it comes to the Premier League, it just doesn't quite cut it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished like considerably last. Um, 
Also, I, 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 I think the one thing I would say on that is that um, Scott Parker had had a season with Fulham where he he started kind of poorly and then got, sort of almost almost saved himself. Mm-hmm. I think I think of of the managers that have come up from the championship, he, he's the one with the most experience in that sort of situation. So yeah, I think I, I think that could be something. Fair. I rate him as a manager, and I don't rate Marco Silva as much. So, yeah. I think that for me, those two are on pretty even keel. I think um, Marco Silva's more has more Premier League experience, maybe not in survival in, in survival stuff than Scott Parker, but he has more Premier League experience on the whole than Scott Parker does. But then Scott Parker, like you said, um, has more experience uh, trying to keep a team up. So I think they're on pretty even keel. I just don't. I just think Fulham squad is better than Bournemouth. Um, it was better than Bournemouth in the in the championship last year, and they've made better signings. That's that's where I'm at. Uh, Southampton. I think similar to Burnley last year, they're one of those teams that got promoted six seven years ago, and have kind of sort of been like good some years, not so great some years, and then but it's sort of been like a trend that's sort of like going up and down, but slowly going down. You know those graphs that are like they're going up and down, but they're kind of all the time going a little bit down. Yeah. And I think this is the year where it's just one year. It's just one year too many. And Hasenhutl might might get sacked. I think he's a good manager, but if it get if it get, goes pear shaped and they're looking really and they're looking really grim, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. They seem to be like rebuilding. They've 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 kind of made a lot of sort of young like young signings, mm. which I don't think will help them if they're in a relegation scrap. Yeah. Also, potentially could lose Carl Walker Peters. Lost Arma, uh, Armando Broyo went back to Chelsea. Uh, I, I think Livermento was actually a permanent deal, so they've still got him. But yeah, um, I just don't. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't. I don't see the vision to stay in the Premier League. From yeah. There. Oh, and then Leeds. I can just agree with everything you said. Uh, I think the the overrated the the overrated American manager has brought in overrated American players. Uh, I mean, yes, people can say that we hate on Americans, but with good reason. Uh, rarely ever has an American player or manager shown that they can actually do it in, in the best league in the world. And so, like, you know, Tim Howard and Clint Dempsey, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Christian Pulisic, you can argue, but not really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, I think Southampton are definitely going to struggle. Um, like you say, that they've been on a downward trend for a long time. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, um, fascinating to see how this all pans out. (laughs) Me and Wilbur have probably said two or three times a day over the past week, I can't can't wait for the Premier League to come come back. Um, And yeah, uh, we'll be posting these predictions on our Instagram along with uh, a full table prediction for you guys to uh, see. And join the fantasy. And join the fantasy. Oh yeah, I'll go through my fantasy team um, just briefly (laughs) before we finish because I've made one and I want to tell everyone about it. Did you post it on the Instagram? I didn't post my team. I just posted the join join the fantasy okay. thing. Um, so my team is Mendy in goal, uh, Alexander Arnold, Cancelo, Romero, Zinchenko. He's another one to watch actually. But anyway, um, Luis Diaz, Salah, Pedro Neto, Jack Grealish, Gabriel Jesus, and Harry Kane. On the bench, you've got Nico Williams, Samara, and Greenwood from Wolves, but uh, from Leeds. But who cares about that? Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, and Wilbur is yet to make his, but he will make his. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll post about it again uh, if anyone's made it this far. We'll post about it again um, just to remind anyone else who hasn't quite joined the league yet to join. Uh, How many but yeah, we got in the league. We've got seven, I think, at the moment. That's we're looking good. to we're looking to get 
eight to ten, I think would be good. I think eight would work as a minimum, and maybe ten would be good. Yeah. So come one, come all. Join the join the forty hour switch fantasy football league. Uh, and yes, we hope you've enjoyed our Premier League predictions. We hope maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Um, we'd love to hear why. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you do or don't. But yes, that'll be all from us uh, this week. Um, uh, actually, kept it shorter than I thought it would. 48 minutes. There you go. Oh, really? Um, if, as always, if you've liked what you've heard, uh, be sure to give us a follow. I was going to say listen, but you're already listening. Uh, follow uh, 40 Yard Switch on Spotify and 40YardSwitch.pod on Instagram. Have I forgotten anything, Wilbur? I don't think so. Well, then there you go. Uh <laughs> You've heard him. He's been Wilbur. You've heard me. I've been Jasper. We'll see you next week.